I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Michelle Scott Lynch is the founder of clean curl care brand Buklem. Born out of an authentic love and respect for curls, Buklem is the ultimate in plant-powered beauty for curly hair. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to help and hopefully inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Michelle Scott Lynch. A curl expert and founder of Buklem, Michelle created a revolutionary range of hair care products tailored specifically for curls, kinks, and coils. Formulated to strengthen, hydrate, and enhance curly hair using plant-derived ingredients, the brand was one of the first of its kind to meet the needs of its consumer base. And I love that Michelle uses clean, vegan formulas, but I also love how she seeks to empower others to embrace their natural curls because I truly believe that is our purpose as beauty entrepreneurs, to make our consumers feel confident in their own skin and hair. So Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Akash. It's a real pleasure to be here. I really love just also having founders that are Londoners. You know, it's often I speak to people in the USA and it's just so refreshing to hear a fellow British voice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereabouts in London yeah. are you? I'm just in near Green Park, like uh, Oxford Circus area. And you are near Bermondsey right now? I yes, I am. I am indeed. And I want to just say, this is such an amazing idea. What a brilliant oh. idea, the podcast. I just think it's fantastic. Well done, you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's sort of like a, 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 it was a two-pronged approach. One was like, I wanted to create this to have, you know, I always heard like, you know, this beauty on influencers, the million followers. And I was like, you know, these founders, they deserve to be recognized for their, you know, badass hard work and what they've done. But at the same time, it was also a thing for me as a newly found, you know, newly founder to meet and just connect with people and be inspired by their stories. So it's a bit of a two-pronged approach, but loving the journey so far. Um, so I want to start with the first question I ask every single founder of this, on this podcast. And it's, it's a pretty uh, simple, but deceivingly hard question and that is who is Michelle in a nutshell? Do you know what it is a really hard question 
I think I spent the whole day today kind of going back and forth, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> but I mean, I guess first and foremostly, I am mother to two teenage girls who keep me on my toes. Um, I'm a wife, um, a daughter, a sister, a friend. Um, but I'm also like, a really caring, passionate person um, and determined, hardworking, fair and I guess also a, a black female entrepreneur, which is um, obviously a really important part of who I am too now. Amazing. And, and I think I want to go into your kind of initial career and your upbringing because you're also so much more than that because you've had some impressive career in the, in the music industry, am I correct? Um, I was looking, I was stalking your LinkedIn and I was like, who is this person because this is a second another person I never even thought about like this is incredible so can you tell us about your initial career in music yeah so you know when I um when I was at, at school I really didn't take school very seriously um and I I never went to university or anything like that and I basically just started off working I always wanted to go out in order to go out I needed money to go out okay so I just needed to earn some money where however so I started off doing reception jobs working in a, in a store in a men's clothing store which I don't think exists anymore and Michael Palin used to come in and I used to fit him out with all his clothes um and then I got a job in publishing um and I kind of do I was doing some kind of admin work and then I was doing some um working in the publicity department as well and I basically kind of knew that publishing wasn't really my scene and I hadn't really found my thing. And I came across this advert in The Guardian for um, a company called East West Records, which was part of Warner Music. I was 21 and I thought, OK, I'm just going to apply for it and see what happens. I had four interviews for that job <laughs> and it was a marketing assistant role. So I had four interviews and, um, and finally got offered the job. So that was kind of like my entry point into music um, at the age of 21. And I, I basically worked for two product managers. We were looking after bands like the Lemonheads, D-Ream, Tori Amos, trying to think of some. There were so many different, different artists at that time. So it's a bit of like domestic roster and a bit of um, international roster. And then I moved into club promotions. So I was probably, I must have been about 24. 425 when I went into club promotions and my job <laughs> was basically taking records to DJs in clubs I mean like who think who created that job I mean how, how is that job but it was a job and it was a job that I did and I loved doing and it was perfect for that kind of 24 25 you know just living the single life having a great time and um yeah so that was that was that and then I moved from there to another company called MCA. And eventually I ended up at Island Records as a senior product manager looking after international roster. So I did all the kind of um, international artists. So I had Mary J. Blige, Nelly, um, and I tend to have all the kind of um, what they would call urban music, um, but basically, you know, music from black artists. And um, yeah, it was a career of about 10 years. Um, and I met some really interesting characters and it was a really brilliant and fun time of my life. But I was quite pleased to get out of it at the end because it's exhausting going out all the time. Yeah. 
But I, I also, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but it's on your website. But there's also a fun fact about in your 20s and is it some popular NSYNC boy band. That... Oh, my God. Is that, is, is that online somewhere? <laughs> I don't know if I should bring it out, but I was like, I kind of want you to say it, but maybe not now. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. I do. Yes. I do. Well, yes. Yes. That did happen. Yes. How, how about this? How about this? Everyone has to go on bootclem.co.uk to find out what it is. That's a little incentive, right? That to check is out the an website. incentive to get onto the there website. You go. go on the blog, go and hashtag me time with bootclem founder <laughs> Michelle Scott Lynch, and you'll find out what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. That was quite funny. Yeah, that did happen in my music day. In my music days, it was quite funny. I was there with No oh, Doubt okay. as well. There was the drummer from No Doubt, and yeah, it was a. Fun times, fun times. Oh, but I completely understand about, you know, it's a very tiring, always on industry. I mean, uh, one thing you probably don't know, I used to be a singer um, and I Did used you? to record. Yeah, I used to record all the time and go to the studio. I used to also busk on the streets of Portobello Road. And, wow. And uh, music was definitely was meant to be my path. And then um, I, uh, I went to the beauty industry, which is very similar to you. So I would love to know sort of how that transition into the beauty uh, escape happened. And was it something that you always envisioned creating a hair brand? No, not at all. I never, ever thought this is what I would be doing um, at all. So, yeah, I mean, I never even thought I'd end up working in music. I have to say, I think in my life, I've never, I never really had a career agenda. I just kind of went from a job in publishing and then to music and kind of really enjoyed music and it was great. Um, and then when I left music, it was because I had, um, I was really into homeopathy and um, I wanted to, to kind of study homeopathy for myself. So I left music to kind of do that. And I was, uh, that was like a three year course of like learning homeopathy. And then um, I was practicing. So I've always had this like really, um, you know, I've really been into like natural holistic way of life um, and medicine and just looking after yourself and well-being. And so that was kind of like the only kind of core cool thing I'd say that's been through with me from my 20s to now. Um, and so I was when I was practicing homeopathy, I then got pregnant and had um, my first child. And then I went on to have another daughter a couple of years later. And so then I was really just like a full time mum. Um, just with my kids all the time and really enjoyed that. And it was kind of around the same time that I had, because I, I had spent most of my life straightening my hair. So it was in my 30s that I decided that I wanted to kind of embrace my curls. And once I decided to kind of embark on that journey, it really wasn't very simple. There weren't really many products available. Um, and I kind of, the products that were available were American, they'd be discontinued, they weren't very clean. And I just kind of had this thought process that, oh, you know, maybe, there's, maybe I could make something. And I started making stuff in my kitchen. Um, and also at this time, like the internet was really kind of key because for a lot of curly, curly-haired people, hairdressers weren't really, aren't trained. That's kind of changed this year. Um, that there's like new standards of hairdressing where people are going to have to learn how to cut curly hair. But up until... 2021 <laughs> this is quite quite um quite something you could be a hairdresser without having to know how to cut curly hair so the whole hairdressing experience was um was not a, was not an enjoyable process and there was no one really and and the media weren't really talking about curls there was no one really to learn how to look after your curly hair 
Um, and my mum straightened her hair, so she had no idea how, you know, what to do with mine either. So the internet was a real, like, incredible source of information. There were curly girls all over the, all over the world talking about products they used, how they used them, tips and tricks. And that kind of, kind of spurred me on and I started doing lots of research and making conditioners and gels and just kind of experimenting with ingredients and um, making stuff for myself. Um, and really kind of utilising all the wisdom from curly girls across the globe who were like sharing their journeys, tips and tricks, um, ingredients they liked, ingredients they didn't like. And I kind of started thinking to myself, hmm, maybe I could... Maybe there's something here. You know, maybe I could make a clean curly hair brand um, because that didn't really exist in the UK at that time. And um, I then had a friend who, um, who worked, who, who's a really good friend, um, helped Soho House create Cowshed. And I kind of explained to her my idea and she said, well, why don't you speak to Chloe? Um, she could be really helpful. So I had this really great conversation with Chloe and um, she introduced me to, this, to Richard, who is my cosmetic chemist, who's based down in Somerset. And one wintry morning, I drove down to meet Richard and, you know, he really got my vision. It was a really incredible experience. He's like, oh, what can I say? I mean, just being in his office is just the most incredible, special place. All the smells, his energy, it's just like... I'm going to say witchcraft, which sounds, which sounds really spooky, but it's just like this real... Magic. Yeah, Harry exactly. Potter. It's like total, totally magic. Um, and it was a really magical experience. And I, had, I committed to making three products um, because I didn't have any money. So it was really a case of just starting with a cleanser, a conditioner and a gel. So, you know, all the kind of essentials. Um, and yeah, Buclem was, was born. It, but yeah. I... I, I just love how I love when brands are created from personal need and market, you know, the lack of something in the market, uh, similar to Fable and Maine. It's, you know, you kind of look into what is out there and sometimes we're shocked and seeing there is such a lack of representation in something that's so sought out for needed. And um, it just needs someone like you who necessarily didn't necessarily dream about it the whole life, but will use the products themselves and be like, I can create this. And that's the same with Fable and Maine. I never once said to myself, like growing up that I would be creating shampoos and conditioners for a living. Like it wasn't like my path in my mind, but now it just is like, it's such an incredible journey to be on. And one question I had is, is sort of on, you know, was there a turning point? Like, cause you can pursue an idea, um, see it happen, but then there's that moment where it's like, okay, now I need to fund this. Now this is going to take a lot of time. This is going to be full time. Um, it's a risk. Was there like a, a any hiccups or any like you know anything on the that road that was a little bit um, scary? Do you know? I mean, because I, I had no idea really where this would go. I kind of started it, um, and just like you said, just out of personal need and passion, and just thought, let's see what happens. So I had, I didn't really have any huge attachments, other than. I wanted to help other people. That was the only kind of attachment that I had to creating Buclem. So I kind of started it with, with my own money, started it on 50K, with 50K. And, I, and to this day, we're completely self-funded. We've never had investment. That's an active choice. Um, yeah. 
I, you know, I kind of read about brands who get investment for like millions and millions, and you know, that's amazing. For me, I would not sleep at night. You know that 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 makes me anxious, and um, and also, um, I want to be able to have you know complete control over control. the products that we create, integrity with the brand. I don't want to you know use vision, yeah, vision, everything. I don't want to you know create a product that's slightly cheaper because it has to fit for X, Y, and Z. And so we're kind of like compromising on ingredients. I want to use the ingredients that I want to use. Um, and that's really important. So for me, having full control means that the brand has complete integrity. And that's really important to me. And also I can sleep at night because I'm not thinking about all the figures. Like, you know, I've got to do this in order to do yeah, this. I can yeah, and I think that kind no, of... You can focus on the brand integrity, which is so important. And also an element of creativity for me, because I feel like once your brain is taken into kind of um, worrying and anxiety, you, can't, you kind of lose your creative touch. So for me, it just means that I can kind of stay centred to, to, to the original vision. So, yeah. I also love that when I was doing my research, I, I read that your business model is slow growth. And I think for me, it's so refreshing to hear because... A lot, and you know, it's hard because comparison is sometimes the, the, our worst enemy. And we see all these articles left, right, and center of this brand getting, you know, within one or two years this revenue. And you're like, uh, what, you know, what is that's their path, but what is my path? And I think it's so nice to hear slow growth is actually, you know, just as powerful as fast growth, depending on what you want. And why, why, why would you say, you know, what, what would you say to people who are creating businesses today um, that are maybe going on a slow growth path? What are some tips you can give them to really stick to that business model? Well, I think one of the things I would say is that, you know, if your business is working, yeah, the money will come in. So you don't need to find, that, find, the, find the funds. Your business will self-fund, and that's what we've done. So that, if that isn't happening, then there's potentially something wrong. But if, you're, if, it's, a, if, it's, a, if it's working the money will slowly trickle in and you'll be able to do what you need to do. I mean, you know, look, there are, I think when I look at my business, there's lots of things that in hindsight I might have done differently or that not having investment has meant that we haven't been able to forge forward. Like our website's really old and really needs to be redone. I mean, it's so old and so crap, (laughs) but you know, um, but that's what we've chosen. And you know, as long as you've got a platform that you can, that people can find and they can buy from, it's not the end of the world. So I think it's really a case of um, be clear with your goals. Um, if your business is working, it will self-fund. Have faith. If it's not self-funding, you may need to reevaluate. Exactly, and I, I think that the, the the main message is that business working. The rest is really truly secondary. Like you know, uh, when we had our Fribble and Main first site, it was like a I was like a less than 10k clunky site but it did it did business it survived for a year it did a lot of money and we've now invested fortunately enough we've been able to invest over like nearly six figures into a new Shopify site mm. and sales are still similar yeah <laughs> numbers are still similar nothing's really changed so you know it didn't it doesn't change that like the business if the products are working selling um, the rest is just relative to your desire as a founder 
and your relevant timings, but it's nothing, it's not about comparing to this and that. And, you know, actually also giving some validation, like, you know, you say your site, in your opinion, is, is clunky and this, I actually love your site. Like when I looked at it, I was looking at some things that I need to do in my site. So it's all like a, it's all a literal, um, you know, personal opinion, but be proud of what you've done. And, and I think you, your, your quote, which, um, when I read it, I was like, this is really, powerful and it also goes back to your business model is comparison is the thief of joy and why is that your favorite quote you know you go onto instagram or you read beauty independent and you see all these stories and you're like oh my god like you were saying oh my god i'm nowhere near that oh god and then you have to remind yourself or you know oh they've collaborated with that person oh they've done this oh god why didn't i have that idea and like literally before you know it, I'm like, at the, at the end of the day, depressed, you know, it does, no, it, it does nothing for you. And everybody's path is different. And you just have to, and also that kills creativity. So I now kind of say to myself, I spend zero time on Instagram. I really do because there's so much yeah. that is not true on there. Um, and you can, you can portray any kind of story you want without actually really telling the real story of what's really going on behind the scenes. So I think you only get a, a, you know, a snippet of the picture. Um, and for me, I know it's not good for my mental health. I know that I need, in, I need to just focus on what we're doing um, yeah. and just keep aligned. And I may not have had that great idea, but another great idea may come to me. So I just need to keep, yes. keep, keep the faith and keep focused. Exactly. Uh, and also, you know, pat yourself in the back is like comparison. Um, I, you know, it's always riskier to like compare, compare when we should also compare to our successes of ourselves at like what we're doing and just be a little bit like, you know, they have that success. Great. I can be inspired by that. I can even learn from that. But also like, look, don't forget that's not at all encounter to my own success that you have, you know? And I think that's really important to remind ourselves because it's that absorption of that information that you either read about, or you get told about or whatever, is that's the difference. It's how you absorb it. Um, and listening to your own mental health and everything is so important, especially as a founder, because we don't have a time clock. We don't have necessarily, um, you know, you're always thinking about what you could do yeah. next. Yeah, exactly. Um, even at 2 a.m. Yeah, exactly. The, I remember like really early on, though, I used to have a notebook beside my bed because I'd constantly yeah. be like, oh, that's a great idea. And then if I, le- if I slept, I'd never remember it in the morning. So I had to write it down at that, in that moment. So then I could go back to sleep. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's really good to, you know, it's great to have competition as well. You know, I think when we first launched, we were probably one of the first UK um, curly hair brands. And it's great to have competition and be inspired what other people, by what other people are doing. And um, I was going to say something, and now it's completely gone out of my mind. But it's just going to drive me crazy. Um, but the notebook in the bed the notebook, and, um, yeah is good and um, no it's gone if it comes back I will I'll, it will I'll, come it will, it will come. In, in time but this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah. But, but um, you know, you also mentioned that a lot of the time it's, you know, UK focused business, but you also have, apart from launching in great retailers from Face and K, looking for asking, you know, I can name many in the UK, you have expanded into certain regions and certain retailers in the US, et cetera. What was, um, you know, what is that kind of thought process for you with really penetrating local or expanding globally? Like, how does that balance happen? So, I think initially my real main focus was the UK and we were really lucky that at the time that we kind of launched the Content Beauty, which is um, owned by Imelda Burke, who's a really amazing green beauty, um, um, what's the word, connoisseur, and she finds all these incredible um, brands across across the world. So people kind of look to her as well across the globe to see what she's doing. And she, she was doing a great British beauty campaign and she took us on and that kind of helped us kind of peak interest in other territories so we had from from that we had someone in san francisco kind of contact us we had someone in italy contact us so there's kind of um other global um retail partners kind of came as a result of that partnership but as the brand has grown and like we're in like seven years now it's been really kind of clear like some like france became a really big market for us um it's, we've got so many retail partners there um and then also the netherlands which I never really ever expected. Um, but we've got a really good fa- um, customer base there as well as in Ireland. And at the moment, our kind of like real focus is the US. Um, and that's a much harder nut to crack. And I have to keep reminding myself, you know, Michelle, you've been doing this for seven years and this is where you are now. <laughs> it could take another seven years to do the same somewhere else. So I have to kind of be patient and remember that that's not necessarily going to be, a, be overnight like I want it to be. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's the US and the Middle East are kind of like our next kind of regions that we're looking to kind of really expand into, as well as solidifying our, our, our bases at the moment, just to kind of make sure that we're really serving people as best we can. 100%. Um, but I also, before we go into kind of a bit more into your like rituals for success, which I ask all my guests and your routines, I do want to just, if you can walk us through your current product lineup, 
um, for everyone who is new to the brand. I think it'd be really helpful. Yeah, sure. So I remember the thing that I was going to say as well. It was to do with... Oh, it was yeah. It was to do with... Um, when I first launched the brand, I really thought, um, you know, I want people to buy the whole brand, everything, all the products in the range. It's really important. And... I, what I've realised over time is that you will have customers who will solely buy all your products, but there are loads of other customers who may buy one or two. So I think my vision has changed, and actually the goal is that every curly hair person has one Buclan product in their, in their routine. I love that. It doesn't have to be a full Buclan range. It can be one product, um, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, whereas before I felt yeah. that wasn't okay, but now I really feel that it is. So, yeah. That's okay. I think it's also quite realistic. I think that's actually very honest and realistic because the way we have to also look at ourselves as consumers um, and as founders, but as consumers, we tend to have a mix of array of beauty products in our cabinet. Um, we like to also try and date new products. Even if we're loyal to one, we might still date. And then obviously to not waste, you want to give it a go and try it to this max so allowing also people to um even date while they're while they're with your mm-hmm. um brand they might want to try something new from someone else and that's okay yeah that's really okay exactly yeah. and they might go on to that new brand but then think you know what actually i'm yeah. going to try them again and so yeah just being really open to the ways in which customers you know i like your word date brands <laughs> yeah so <exactly>. yeah <laughs> Can you talk us through the range of products that you have created for everyone and for some people? Yeah, okay. So we've created um, a a collection of products that work for all curls. Um, So from loose waves and curls through to super tight coily curls. Um, And just how you use the products will kind of be different. Um, We started off with three, which is like a co-wash cream conditioner-based cleanser. And then we had our conditioner, and then we had our curl defining gel, which is probably our best selling product. Um, and then we, from there, we added on um, a sulfate free low foam um, shampoo, which is our hydrating hair cleanser. And then we had added on our curl cream. And after that, where did we go? Trying to remember. So then I think we came up with a new gel. So we, our, our curl defining gel, which is like really like a serum consistency um, and has a medium hold, but for loose waves and curls, they tend to drop over the, over the day. So then we went for a stronger hold gel, which is our super hold styler. And so just a kind of a little bit of a background in terms of how we, we tend to have like two to three product launches in a year. That's kind of what, what we go for. Um, and then since then, we've added on a hair oil. Um, we've added on a scalp exfoliating shampoo. We've added on a root refresh, um, which is kind of like a a dry shampoo alternative for curly girls because dry shampoos tend to be powder-based and curly girls don't brush their hair and sometimes you need a brush to be able to to really disperse the powder in your hair. So we've gone, we went for a, um, it's kind of, it's a wet root refresh, but it does exactly the same thing, neutralizes odors. um, It's got some really lovely probiotics in there as well. So it really soothes the scalp. Um, and then we had, then we brought out a foam dry shampoo, which is for more oily scalps um, who need a bit of um, powder. But basically, again, it's still wet. It's non-aerosol, so there's no alcohol in it. Um, and it basically starts off wet as a foam. You kind of massage it into your scalp. It dries to a powder and absorbs some of the oils. 
And we then have kind of moved into these booster ranges, really like applying some of the elements of skincare yeah. into curl care and being able just to customize your, your routine. So we have a color toning drops, which are these um, beautiful deep indigo um, drops, color drops that you can add into your shampoo, into your cleanser, into your um, conditioning mask. And they basically help to neutralize um, brassiness, just really kind of um, lighten your color, make it more vibrant. So it's really great for blondes, silvers, um, highlights. So there's that product. And then we have um, our dry scalp serum, which is for people who suffer from from dandruff. Mainly, it's, a, it's really like a, a dandruff product um, that helps to kind of reduce flaking, reduce itching, reduce um, irritation. And again, that you add into your shampoo. Um, so you can use it at the frequency that, you, frequency that you want, because let's remember, even something like dandruff can be different yeah. to each person. Somebody might have a really severe case of it and yeah. someone might have a mild case of it. And typically with anti-dandruff um, products, they're really quite harsh and, and can still be very drying and stripping yeah. on the actual scalp. So being able to bespoke the dosage and the frequency in which you use the products means that you can tailor it to your own needs. Um, and then we have a new booster that's come that we're launching in February, which I won't reveal, um, but that's coming in February. Um, and I've forgotten about our intensive moisture treatment, which is one of my favorite products. Um, it's just, it just really, it slays through tangles. It really helps to strengthen, um, strengthen your hair and really enhances the curl definition. And I'm sure I've forgotten some, um, but we've basically created a collection of essential products. I don't want to be a brand that's putting out no new reason. products all the time yeah. for the sake of it. Yeah. We want to create tools for every type of curl. And, you know, when I think before I really started um, Buclem, you know, I was kind of really probably focused on my own needs. But since having Buclem, I understand that the, the needs of curl, uh, wavy hair um, and fine textures is different to, 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 to what I kind of had originally um, perceived. So that means kind of really understanding those different um, nuances within the niche category, so to speak, but with a view to create an essential tool for everybody who has a, a, a kink or a wave in their hair. And one question I have, which I think is important for people who don't have curls is, are the products also suitable for kind of all types of hair? Like, I mean, you could, because, you know, this is the problem I get a lot with my hair care brand is, you know, we have a mission, we have certain hair types, but technically speaking, when you're clean, natural, you have certain products, like it could be used um, for other types of hair as well. So what's your stand on that? Yes, 100%. I think, I guess if you kind of um, look at the, the differences between um, straight hair and curly hair, the biggest difference is yeah. just the moisture levels. Um, and curly hair needs more moisture than um, straight hair. So, but you can have straight hair and also have really dry hair. So our products would work for somebody who had straight hair but was, you know, felt dehydrated and was, and was quite dry or even damaged. And there's obviously certain products that probably would be better suited. So you wouldn't necessarily want a gel, but you might want an oil or you might want a mask. And I think that ties in really you know, well yeah. with the fact that everyone could at least find one Buclean product that would suit them, you know, and that's, that's a great attitude to have. And then, and then start dating more around the range as you start loving that hero product for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, last question on Buclean before we move on is, 
the name, I, I lived in France for many years and I speak French. So I'm, am I right to say boucle, you know, curly and cu- cu- like, and M is yeah. obviously like a, what was the, re- what was the inspiration behind the name? You tell me. So um, I'm sure you probably experienced this too, Akash. When you go to trademark your business, um, trying to find a name is really, really difficult. Something that's not already been taken. Near impossible today. If you want to have like a name that's even shorter and catchy or whatever, it's probably been trademarked. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we, I had that. I experienced that. And then, but it was also really important to me um, that the the name had the energy of Curly in it. And so... I basically Googled Curly in different languages and in French it's Boucle. And so Boucle really is a hybrid of Boucle in French and my name, Michelle. Ah, I love that. Oh, okay. I didn't even get that. I love that. That's very yeah. cool. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, I, I will also... Oh, it but, took but forever that's, to get think, to that point. Actually, uh, really on that forever. note, would you really recommend people, um, I'm curious from your perspective, uh, how much energy should be focused at the beginning in like trademarking, getting all the, you know, the, the class three in the relevant countries um, to then, or just leaving it a bit and investing in other things like product and stuff? Because it's a question people have. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, for me, it was important to do it at the beginning because you just don't know where it's going to go. And then it's just one box ticked. Um, and I think, you know, particularly if, I mean, and if you're creating a brand that you think you're going to sell, it's really, really important that you have all the IP on everything. And, you know, you, what you don't want to happen is to create a brand and then have a name. And then even if it's not the same industry, somebody's created a brand with a similar name and you can't use it. So I think it is important just to kind of just put that to bed um, and start with, with a trademark. Um, but, you know, the other thing is as well, you know, trying to find a name is really, really hard. And when I had a different name before this, and it didn't work. And then I landed on Buclem. And then it's a bit like naming your children. Somebody's always yeah. got something to say <laughs> about the name yeah. that you've chosen. And, you know, if you, as long as you feel confident in it and that you love it and, you know, don't listen to everybody else saying no, because I had that as well. Oh, people aren't going to be able to pronounce it. No, they're okay. not. It's okay. Yep. We'll work around exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. No, and, and even yeah. things like, I mean, we had the same with, with Fable and Maine, obviously potentially limits us to Maine. Um, Bukla, you know, limits mm-hmm. a little bit to Curly. Like, you know, there are certain things, but you have to just say, you know, it's okay. There are brands out there that are, you know, um, uh, the Coca-Cola group does Sprite, like whatever. You know, that you can do stuff in the future at that point, but just start with like, you know, whatever you feel is right, it's okay. Uh, I, I will also say a really interesting off the record point, um, and I love how this happens. So, like in in ways, uh, my digital manager Samantha she emailed me this morning out of the blue, like nothing, knowing not knowing I have you as my podcast guest, and she's actually I can read the email. I just want to say it because it's so funny. She goes, okay. "Love this idea from Buklem," and she forwarded the email, and it was like this email you guys sent this morning of Team B co care tips introducing your team, and I was like, and I said. And I woke up this morning and I was like, this is so funny because I'm speaking to Michelle today on my podcast. So this is amazing how my team sent this uh, to me as your email as being an incredible benchmark. So there you go. That's amazing. Do you know what? I love synchronicity. So there's, and that, you know, for me, I think it's a really affirming thing in terms of like the journey. Like when thing, when you have that synchronicity, you think, right, okay, this is it. I'm in, I'm in the right place. I'm moving in the right direction. I love that. I love that. Exactly. No. 
So, so uh, before we go into like fire round question stuff, I do ask all my guests sort of like, what are the rituals for success? And especially that has been shaped by the pandemic because it's something that, you know, we've all had to work from home, deal with hiring people we've never met, uh, growing a business um, virtually most of the time, which isn't always, which is nice, but also not that fun because you miss all the exciting moments of seeing, you know, your stories and people, you know, experiencing it so what has been your rituals to keep you motivated during the last few years I think one of the key things that I have learned is you know sometimes you wake up and you're just not feeling it yeah like you're just not feeling it and you struggle through the day I what I've learned is don't struggle just stop just stop because actually if you just stop you give you kind of it's almost like you create space for that energy to shift and move. And you come back the next day with loads of ideas. But, you know, when you're struggling through, it just feels like you're walking through treacle and you're not really getting anywhere and you're just resentful. And, and, I, and I, so, I, so for me, I've really learned that if I'm having one of those days, just stop. Just stop. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Go for a walk in the park. Meet a friend for a coffee. It just helps to shift all of the energy and then bring you into a different kind of headspace. So yeah, I love that's that. one of I, the key things. I actually think that's, I'm, I haven't heard anyone say that yet. And I think it's so important because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and um, often we all do that, right? We all like, don't feel for it. We do it. And that's okay. If it's a gym, it's a different thing. You're like, you probably are like, that's more like, it's just a short term thing where you're like, after you're like, yeah, I feel great. But often when it comes to like just moods, right. Of like going mm-hmm. up and doing something you don't want to do, you often make it worse by just not listening to yourself, you know? And I think it's very important to just say to yourselves, it's okay to do nothing for a change sometimes, you know, just to be yeah. stay still, stop. Uh, yeah and then tomorrow pick it up or the day or if it takes two days pick it up doesn't matter and then sometimes I think you kind of can identify what's really frustrating you and then Mm -hmm. so I think like this this time last year it was literally my team was me um I had two other full-time members of staff and then I had two consultants and you know I realized actually that actually having consultants at this point whilst they were so helpful and amazing for me at a point where I did, couldn't financially commit to having, um, a he, you know, a headcount, hmm. at this point I needed to have someone who's fully committed to the business and just yeah. all in Buclem. And it kind of, I was able then to be able to see this is what you need to do in order to shift. And then since, since then, we've grown to like a team of 10 in the, in, in the last year. And it's made a massive difference yeah, because otherwise my head is kind of like, I'm trying to do a bit of operations, I'm trying to do a bit of MPD, I'm trying to do a bit of research and development, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do a bit of marketing, everything, finance, the whole thing, and you just can't do it. No. So, yeah, sometimes even giving yourself that space helps you identify where things, what feels like it's not right and needs tweaking, rather than just keep trying to, you know, chug on through i think it's it's so good to do that all at the beginning but knowing to yourself that's not sustainable especially if the business is growing you have to delegate and 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 just allow i i always say it like let your family grow and give the fruits of success to your family like your team you know let everyone grow with it um and it's 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 hard as a founder because often 
especially as you learn a lot of things, we could do it all. And sometimes we say to ourselves, I just want to multiply myself by 10, but you can't do that. So hire mm-hmm. people, empower them, train them and you know, grow with them. And that's the best way. Exactly. So imagine um, you're traveling, uh, but when it opens up and TSA or security is being a little bit tricky and they're saying, Michelle, you can travel, but you can only bring one beauty product with you from Buklem, one. What is that go-to? And I know I'm making you choose from like all your children. It's really hard. (laughs) What is that one go-to product of yours? Do you know, I think it would be the intensive moisture treatment um, because it's really versatile. I can use it as a leave-in. I can use it as a mask. It's great in the sun. Um, So yeah, I think that would be my my product of choice for sure. Nice. Um, So fire round. So first question, first thing that comes to your head. What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? So I really love Aurelia's um, skincare products. I'm really enjoying their serums at the moment. Really, really love them. But it's really hard because there are quite a few that I am enjoying. (laughs) And I've discovered, you know, in the last year, because obviously being at home, um, we've had more time to kind of have a look and and discover new brands. So, yeah, but I think Aurelia would probably be a brand that I really love in terms of it's a, it, of how it works for my skin. Yeah. No, I, I, we have Aurelia on the, we had it on the podcast. So um, ah, to, when it comes out of the episode, you have to listen. But yeah, I love their products. So, uh, it's hard though, because um, I'm always dating new products. So I always, yeah. like, uh, it's also very subjective, right? To what you're currently using as well, um, because it's what you're experiencing at the moment. Uh, second question, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? Okay, so I, I literally love the Real Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> I love that. It's total trash, but I love it. Um, and um, the Real Housewives of Cheshire is the other one that I watch. Oh. Um, and um, when I had COVID, I started watching um, Made in Chelsea. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is kind of, well, let's see. What are you, what are you currently watching or reading right now? <laughs> It might be okay. TV shows, I don't know. So I read a lot. Nice. I really, because I can't sleep without reading, so it really helps me to kind of um, shut my mind down and just kind of move into somebody else's reality. So I'm currently reading Seven Days in June. Cannot remember who, I think the um, author's Tia something, but I can't remember her surname, but I'm, I'm enjoying that. And it's one of those books that... Um, Tia Williams, I've just Googled Tia that. Williams, yes. And it's one of those books that literally, I, I'm, really, I'm really loving it. I want to know what's going to happen next. So I'm, I'm enjoying that at the moment. And then TV-wise, you know what I watched recently, which I was really sad, but I really, it was really good to watch, was Four Lives. Ah, okay. What is that? Have is that on Netflix? That? No. Um, is it on Netflix? Oh, God. I'm it's, used to it's it. on BBC One. It's on BBC iPad. BBC One, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's basically about a true story of these four guys that go missing. But, and just like the real, um, yeah, just how crap and homophobic the police were at the time. But yeah, I, it was, I've, so I've really enjoyed watching that. Four Lives. Um, what's your favourite social media platform right now? I don't do I don't do social media. None is a good answer to you know. <laughs> I don't do it. Yeah, it's Love I'm it. terrible. So yeah. <laughs> good answer actually. Um, and uh, last question is: If you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, and I'm also going to say, if you weren't in the music industry, what would you be doing right now? 
I think you could be doing a lot of stuff because you're someone who can just do a lot, I feel. <laughs> yeah, I would be like a, a holistic health practitioner. That's what I would be. Oh, yeah, definitely. That. Well, it's been such a pleasure, Michelle. Um, I'm so inspired by your journey. And also it's quite crazy because I think we have a lot of similarities as well in um, different ways. Um, so it's just been so nice to hear your story and, and how you brought Buclem to the world. Uh, where can everyone find your brand and the website? Yeah, so we are on Instagram, we're on TikTok, Facebook, and our website is buclem.co.uk. Perfect. And your Instagrams, and it's all at buclem, guys. So I'll Sorry, yeah, the... it's all at Bu- yeah. yeah, it's all at buclem. Perfect. So I'll put all the links in the summary so everyone can just click it straight away. And I invite everyone to also go check out, before she d- removes it, that blog post, because you might <laughs> find out what she did in her 20s. <laughs> Yes, so, indeed. It's amazing yeah. how these things come back to haunt you. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you, you put it up. Uh, someone put it I up. I did. There. I know someone did. I forgot about it. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, um, everyone check it out quickly. But thank you, Michelle. Um, um, we'll definitely have to catch up in person as you're my neighbour, so we'll get that going very soon. 100%. Thank you, Akash. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.